Yeah. What up, y'all? This is another episode of Keeping It Cool with Killer. <laughs> this is my third episode because the streets have been clamoring for me to come back. We took a week off last week because last week was crazy, you know, real dad life um, and new job life. We've been out there, though. I want y'all to, you know, put me in your prayers. Keep me uplifted out here in these streets as we trying to navigate. It's been real, real spicy out here. You feel me? But have no fear. I got a haircut over the weekend. I'm looking real good. My skin has been moisturized. I've been trying to stay properly hydrated. I've incorporated some like uh, cranberry, like granola bars in the morning to help get my digestive system on the right path. You know what I'm saying? So your boy's going to be really out here really out here you feel me also want to give a special shout out to my last time listeners you know y'all really held it down with a couple of the dms and the texts making me feel real like professional podcastery man shout out to the good people over at deep Ellum radio um what y'all need to do is put me a little tab on the website i'm trying to tired of telling my mom and them to go check out the joints and they can't find me you know what i'm saying so all y'all back there in the background, put a tab up for your boy so we can really out here and go get it. You feel me? Keeping it cool with Killer. This week, you know, we're going to jump right in. There's no format. There's no rhyme, rules, or reason or anything. What we're doing right now is I'm talking to people I like. You feel me? That's the first prerequisite. If you ask, yo, how can I get on the show? If I don't like you, fam, you're not coming up here. You know what I'm saying? That's just the bottom line. But... We got a special guest this week. This is a young queen out here that's been in the scene way longer than what she should have been. She was, <laughs> she's been out here mad young too. We didn't even know back in the day. <laughs> you know that was. We found out how old she was back in the day in the trenches. She was really outside. You know, one of the few people nowadays that can say they was outside, off the porch, like really getting to it, making a name for herself. It was music playing. Yo, that's yo, yo. Why is my phone playing Bryson Tiller? Yo, I want to apologize to everybody out there. I don't even know why he's in my musical library. That's really concerned. We're gonna get him up out of there. Shout out Bryson, but you gotta go, fam. Side note that reminds me, when you ride with Eighty Eight Killer, you do not get to request music. You feel me? It's G S H I T music only played in the whip. You get in there singing r&b and all that especially if there's two males in my vehicle which is already a violation i bought a two-seater for me and a female passenger you know what i'm saying what's going on fam uh so if you hop in my vehicle as a male and you will get in there and start requesting like r&b and you really singing from the diaphragm i'm gonna slightly pull over ask you to get out and hopefully if you don't have some money i'll provide you with like a uber or something so you could get to where you trying to go which is hopefully really far away from me you feel me go listen to r&b and be singing and rubbing your chest in your own time but not in my whip man please respect the tabernacle you feel me uh so anyway we back to what we doing right here we got my girl jesse supreme make some noise for the people hi all right <laughs> jesse supreme is in the building now like i said this girl uh I kind of got introduced to her. She had like a blog back in the day. Uh, she was hitting the shows, writing reviews, you know, interviewing artists and stuff. And I'm thinking like, yo, this is like a 
huge media personality because like people was really clamoring to get on her blog and then i come to find out like you know she's like a local cat but she was really carrying herself like a legit real boss you know what i'm saying and then they was like yo the homie started whispering like yo you know she's like 14 15 and i'm like nah i don't know fam like she look a little 17 18 and he was like nah fam she's like mad young so i had to of course put the homies on alert to move properly because you know we didn't want to get anybody jammed up you know what i'm saying uh because <laughs> i was also running with a bunch of dudes back then that was like mad pressed every time they got around anyone with estrogen they just didn't know how to act so i had to make sure you know they didn't play themselves and make moves that they would forever regret but that has nothing to do with the queen you know what i'm saying i just want to give y'all some backstory so jesse how are you today hi thanks for having me oh man Hello. thanks for coming we're gonna jump right in the interview look my first question for you wow is what does jesse supreme come from like what is that name okay cool um i love this story because it's it's, it ages me, but <laughs> if, if that's possible. Actually, I'm over 25 now. All so right. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm closer to 30 than I was to 15, 16. <laughs> when I was in the scene, I was not 14. I was 15, 16. Somewhere around there. But um, it actually came from a Cool Kid song. It was mm. a basement party, and there was one lyric where he said... Um, it takes a scoop of being cool and the rest will be included when you purchase my movie or something like that. And then so I took that and on MySpace, mm. I, that was my MySpace song. And then I said how to make a Jesse Supreme. And then I listed all these ingredients and that was my about me. Oh. And then I just rolled with it. And then I, I don't know, I've always written, I've always drawn. And I don't know what led me to it. I think. I think it was Twitter, really, and I just discovered, like, a whole group of people that were doing cool shit, like, yeah. brain, at that time, it was a brain gang, hey. in that, in those days, and, you know, all those kind of blogger names, definitely, you know, sober, I heard about big the Big Bang parties before I could even, I wasn't even, like, legal, legal, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I, and every Thursday on Twitter, everyone would be posting pictures, and I'm like, what, like? I can't, I can't wait to go there. Um, real legendary, real legendary. Yeah, and I mean, I say you can really say you was outside because even though you was underage, you was always in the mix, <laughs> which I didn't understand because security would always give me someone who was above age static getting into the venues, giving me pushback. I always had to show ID or get my mans to come get me in, and then you'd be in there. So I was like, what happened to the security protocols? <laughs> you know, but I mean, you really kind of like an OG out here. I know sometimes that's like cringeworthy to your, you youngsters. But I mean, you know, us 30 and up boys, we OG. So you, you kind of with the class now. How does that feel? Thanks. Um, <laughs> OG Supreme. That's your new name. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, see, I didn't, I, that was not a self name. You gave me that name. Yes. OG me. Supreme. Um, it was so funny. Cause like I would call up the, the blog that I did was doing really well. And I received some like local attention, I think on my third month of doing it. Mm. And so I kind of used that credibility. I don't know. I, I didn't have any training for this. I don't really know, mm -hmm. but I would just call the venue up 
and be like, hey, I'm a writer, and <laughs> this is my blog, and this is where you can read about me here. Can I write about your show? And they'd be like, yeah, you put you on the press pass. Um, or, I mean, and also another thing, too, is that, I don't know, I just wasn't like a troublemaker either. Mm. You know, I when I would go to shows, I would see people do things. I didn't participate, and I didn't, like, rat or tell people. I was just, I managed my business. I was there for the show, and I was there to appreciate the artist and then go home and write about it and then post about it the next morning. Um, so I really wasn't, like, there to cause problems. I kind of just kept to myself. I mean... I remember your blog being like a point of interest or like a goal to achieve to be on. Like it was like, yo, I'm about to drop my little tape or my little song. and I need to be on this blog, that blog, that blog. I need to get Jesse Supreme. I need to get on Central Track. Like you was part of the rollout. I don't know if you was aware of that. I didn't know. I yeah. knew it was doing well, but I didn't know that it was um like that yeah you was you was you was outside og supreme so my next question for those of you who are unfamiliar what do you do (laughs) like who is jesse supreme why do we gotta bow down when you come in through the building why are the streets crowning you an og what do you do so now um, well, I'll give you, I'll give my whole curriculum vitae here. Give us the rundown. All right. I was 15, 16. I launched a website. It did well. I cared a lot about the Dallas scene and still do. Um, when I say Dallas scene, I think, I mean more of the people that make it happen. The artists, um, the writers, anyone that is unafraid to be themselves, anyone who's unafraid to put themselves out there. Um, I love that because I think like stars are in stars are in our own backyard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to travel, you know, to the ends of the world to like find spectacular people like they are literally in your neighborhood. Um, So then I stopped writing for a while because I I don't know. I had to graduate high school. (laughs) So that was kind of important. But even then I wasn't writing anymore. And I was like more like um, still involved in the scene. This was like when. Uh, Kixpo was getting big and like the mm-hmm. sneaker shows were huge and um, there was still, I don't know, it was more about developing, I think, more relationships with people in like different kind of, of scenes of interest. And then when I was 19, I like got into the service industry and I, um, what did I do? I was serving and then I became a manager and then I went into liquor sales mm. pretty quickly. And then I, um, yeah, the pandemic hit, and then I worked for Central Track for a, a little while, and then uh, I started Paradise, and mm. the recurring monthly party series with uh, our boy DJ Silver. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Um, and now I work with Arlo Eisenberg, this like um, rollerblading pioneer. Basically, like the Tony Hawk of rollerblading, mm. um, and I work with him on his project called Drug Receipts. And so, yeah, I'm really fortunate to, I get to work with really spectacular people every day. All right, that's I didn't know about Arlo. I mean, I you've mentioned them before. And real quick, we also want to slander DJ Sober yet again. This is the second episode for him not inviting me to his engagement party until ten minutes before the engagement party went down. I want the streets and the interwebs to know that this man that I done hosted the club 
for 10 some odd 30 some odd years i just randomly hit him up like yo my man's what's good and he was like ah bro we over here at a taco spot pull up i get there he got a collared shirt on he got his hair done his chick is there she looking nice and clean smell good i see his people there i'm looking around i'm like well damn what's the occasion and he was like oh this is my no my man's from houston pulls up and was like yo bro we we lit i'm like yo what you doing he was like well, i'm here for the engagement party and dj sober didn't tell me he was getting engaged i want that on wax that i left my old lady at home who's been dying to come out shave her legs put on something tight and you know mingle and eat cheeses and stuff to come out and this fool just gonna tell me 10 to 15 minutes before the party so so but i'm moving you when i do get married you was in the second position of the groomsmen i'm gonna move you to about the fourth or fifth position you keep acting up we're gonna make you the flower boy or something you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i want this on wax for your kids and my kids to listen here and for them to understand that yo you was you was real sus man mm, we're gonna get you on here though and make you testify and appease or whatever they do for their sins atone for your sins we're gonna do that but okay back to jesse so you this blogger uh what did you consider yourself like a marketer of some sort i think so i think that's a good way to put it um i've met people that are that actually worked in agencies Mm -hmm. and like are really great copywriters and like know it by the book but i don't know i just kind of i like what i like and I like putting people together that I know would work together really well. And it, I don't know, just it kind of works. All right. So, like, what does success mean to you in your field? Like, what does, so, for instance, I'm a rapper. And success to me is like, yo, I dropped a joint. I'm number one. Nicki Minaj tweets me. Uh, I high five Obama. Like, I'm the man. You know, like, what is that? What does that championship run for you? What does that mean in your world? What is that? I think knowing that I'm not doing what everybody else is doing in some mm. way, that there's some kind of unique twist to it. It's its own thing. Um, but I mean, technically, I mean, in social media and marketing, yeah, you want the views, you want the clicks, you want all that. But I've learned pretty in the last kind of five or six years that you can have like a really small network and the quality of people that are in it, I -hmm. think uh, is most important and indicative of what you're doing as a marker of success. Like um, I think micro communities really move things. Like you don't need to have like this crazy reach of like you need a million people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having like a million people eyeball your shit, but like, you can make magic happen with a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people that really trust and value your opinion and value what yeah. you put in front of them. So, I mean, we see that as a testament to your paradise parties. You know, uh, it's interesting. I feel like you've kind of breathed life back into the scene of our world mm-hmm. in terms of we had a spot like Beauty Bar to where. Uh, the people that just wanted to go have a good time, they would come. We would listen to all the cool turn up music, but it wasn't bottle servicey. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like danger. I mean, it was kind of dangerous, but it wasn't like <laughs> dangerous. You know, yeah. some nights, but uh, you know, but I feel like you've kind of breathed that life back into your party, like based on your network and your brand, and you stamping it 
being cool like what is something you feel like you've done to like build that from the ground up well i we definitely have to acknowledge the beauty bar days because there was really nothing like that and i think that um you know it was like that because will also breathed his talent and his um visual image into a place and it was a cool spot it was something Mm -hmm. it was kind of like off the path i want to say because it wasn't like it wasn't like deep somewhere like deep ellen where everything's like closely together like that Mm -hmm. was a destination spot you had to have a reason to go out to that area that's the spot where like the tourists would come and feel like they was in the mix yes yeah exactly (laughs) so um but you know i think paradise was definitely an accumulation of a lot of factors that were built over the years so like for 10 years i never asked people for favors you know Mm -hmm. i was turning i was 24 um the pandemic i was timing it to where um I was reading articles every single day about like the vaccine and when it was coming out. I even, when I was working at Central Track in this same building, mm. wrote this article where I kind of told people how to finesse the system and get their vaccine early before it came available mm. because people were already doing that up north. They were already doing that up in Plano and there was a way that you could do it where um, because it wasn't like a medical office that was administering these vaccines, you could put on there you know, and I'm sorry to anyone that has, you know, autoimmune diseases, asthma, whatever, but you could put that, you had it, mm. and there was no way that they were going to check it because they didn't have your medical records on file, so you mm-hmm. could go and you could get your vaccine early. Mm. Like, first responders and nurses, like, they could they could do it. They were good. There was, they had the paperwork to show, but, like, if you were anyone else, that was a way you could get your vaccine early. So I was already, because I, coming from nightlife, when COVID hit, I knew that, I was like, fuck, this is over, you know, like Mm -hmm. overnight people didn't work for 16 months, you know, Mm -hmm. entire industries were kaput. Dunzo. I knew that there had to be a solution at some point. Don't get me wrong, because I loved the unemployment era. I was (laughs) so happy. Straight up. I loved it. Um, But I knew that there had to be a point where we had to return. So um, and I also knew and I was timing it and I. At a, at a certain point, you know, it was going to need to come back. So in May, around that time, I knew that the vaccine was going to be widely available for everyone. And so when it was, um, I was putting things in place in order to be able to um, basically throw a big-ass party for mm-hmm. my birthday. I was turning 25. <laughs> so I was like, man, like, it was going to mark 10 years in the scene. It was going to mark... Um, I don't know, a quarter century of life Mm -hmm. and having worked in liquor sales, having worked in the music scene, having worked um, like really young in these spaces, I knew how to navigate that and like the service industry world. I knew how to talk to um, owners of bars and I knew how to talk to like brands like Red Bull and be like, hey, like we're doing this thing. And I I had a kind of like an eye view of like you know, certain liquor sponsors' budgets, so I knew Mm -hmm. what was reasonable and what would not be reasonable. Mm -hmm. And so I took a really big risk because it was going to be at at a new spot that people weren't really going to outside of the neighborhood. Like, the market was, like, really young. And without getting into too many details, basically, I was 24 years old, banking that grown men would put some pride aside in order to be able to work together because I knew that if they did, (laughs) we'd be able to change things or see money flow. And lo and behold, um, 
yeah, it was 10 years of, of me being in the scene and I'd never asked anyone for anything. You know, yeah. I never said like, hey, like, I like I I was always writing about other people. I was always championing other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. So it came that moment where I was like, "Hey, I've done all this stuff over the years happily, but now I'm asking you guys to like come out, show out. It's my birthday." Yeah. And um I called up Will and I called up Mike and Mutemore and I was like, "Hey, like I'm doing this. Like I, you know, was able to offer them something that um you know, cuz it, it was like right at the start of quarantine sort of finishing and mm-hmm. so i couldn't come with an amount of money that was going to be a slap in the face <laughs> you know to the risk of your reputation of like coming out again after x amount of months and like mm-hmm. doing whatever so they agreed to it and man i was, I was so broke we were broke <laughs> and i really did not expect i think the uh the turnout but it was crazy um you know tiny victories is like this thousand square foot yeah bar. It's it's I mean, it's really tiny, like le- legit tiny. Legit, and they broke their re- all time records in terms uh, of revenue, you know. And that we were like, okay, this this is huge, you know, because it wasn't like, I think it was all the right things in place. It was um relation, new relationships, new spaces, um things, needs being facilitated. Um, the artwork was cool. The idea of it was cool. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, it was a huge risk. And I remember, like, man, I think it was, like, the day of or the day before. I remember, like, crying to my mom because I had, like, <laughs> maybe, like, 20 bucks in my bank account. Mm. And I was, like, I'm putting everything I have into this because I know it'll be special. And it was. And we've kept doing it yeah. at least once a month. And it's been a really uh, rewarding ride. I mean, I was, like, I'm really proud of you guys, you and Sober, for putting this because I've seen y'all take it from the Tiny Victories to Rolling Stone magazine. Is that right? That was mentioned in Merlin Stone. Johnny yeah, Shout and, out. like, Shout out my boy. I mean, remember being at a party and, like, Tay Money was there. <laughs> and, and Big Tuck. Don't yeah, Big Tuck, too. And, like, not only did they come, like, they stayed. You know, like, yeah, Tay cool. Money, like, legit danced with people and i feel like i mean she's a bigger star now but she still had the juice and like me knowing me like yo if i get on bro i'm about to be a snob i'm telling y'all that now like i'm going anywhere for like a hot 15 minutes (laughs) and i'm waving taking pictures with who's important and i'm out so for her to oh immediately immediately you feel me (laughs) like i'm out of (laughs) here you know I want all the slander. So for her to like still be there and like really party it up and like I seen like how you and her were like interacting. I'm like, yo, Jesse has the juice. You know what I'm saying? Like Dude, big shout out to Tay Money. She's a real big sweetheart. Um shout out to Q Taylor too. Um those are they're real cool. And uh I really like, you know, people I think a lot of people have their opinions, but I think um, it takes a lot of guts to be able to put yourself out there as like a performer, regardless of what you do. Like, I remember I look back at some of the footage from that party and I was so stiff. I don't know if you watch <laughs> it because I was just like, this isn't really me. Like, I'm like not not, not like in the sense of like, you know, it's just like there's a, a certain type of, of mentality that like performers and artists have. And like for me, historically, I've always kind of been a little bit more like I know what's going on. I'm aware I see it, but I can write about it because 
I'm looking at it. Yeah, you're an observer. I'm an observer, mm. you know. But you turn up though, you know what I'm I saying? Know, and I then know. when you turn up, like it's it's great. It's like Jesse's dance moves. It's like, hey, Jesse turns up. I do turn up. I mean, to me, that's when like a peak party has like started. When Jesse starts dancing, like up oh, the party has started. That was pre-quarantine, <laughs> I would say, for sure. I was wilding. If you saw me, you didn't see me. That wasn't me. Yeah, there was that like was me. There was nights in Beauty Bar. There was oh. a handful of people that like you could gauge where the party was based on how they were so if it's like oh if i look to the left and jesse's turning up we're rocking it if we look there was like a girl who would like sweat profusely who would always be in the middle and like i don't know her name but she would well nah she used to sweat like crazy and like but she was such a sweet person i don't know her name i don't even want to really kind of describe her too much because she'll be hot but then there was like we also used to have this weird security guard man like he would stand there and like crack jokes with us sober knows who he is he used to wear tight shirts i'm going on a tangent but yo screw him anyway <laughs> that's how we used to gauge so like yo again jesse was outside yo she sounds professional and stuff now and you know all put together but when my girl gets turned it's a good time you know what i'm saying and so like when you go to the paradise parties like you're gonna be around real people you feel me <laughs> like you're gonna be around people who for the most part I consider us kind of like the outcast of the cool crowd. Like, we're not too cool. We want to hear all the cool, trendy joints, but, like, we're going to turn up. Like, they might play Weezer in the middle of the night, and people are, like, singing. I don't know about that one. Nah, what's that joint that goes, Maybe say Oregon. it ain't so? Is that oh, Weezer, yeah, them? Weezer. Okay. Yeah, I, I've seen people, like, go bananas when they play that, and I was like, yo, I'm not hip right now. So I had to hit sober, like, yo, what was Yo, because Sober can get in his white bag. What he don't really tell y'all is, like, he can get in his white boy bag and really rock it. He be trying to be cool with all the little Catronada weird stuff he be playing. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> when him and Blake Ward get in a little weird little bag, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, my man's nice. But this is not a Sober Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> you still on probation. Back to you, Jesse. What's up, dude? Tell me. So... You're out here marketing, putting it together, making things happen. What motivates you? Like, what what makes you wake up and be like, yo, I got to make sure Paradise is, the next Paradise is that one, or my next move is the one. Like, what are you, what's motivating you out here? Fuck, I mean, I think if, it, if it's not me, then who? Mm, Who's going to do it? That's a bar right there. You know, well, I mean, <laughs> well, because it's an idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like. I, this, these are the things I'm doing things that I want to see and if it's like if I don't do it then I'm not going to see it and then what am I going to do I'm going to sit there and be bitching about oh this city sucks and <laughs> people are all blah 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 yeah. bro like put the work in you know I'm I'm, on, I'm in my Kim Kardashian yeah right no now. one wants to work nobody wants to fucking work <laughs> no it's not that, but it's like if it, you can't complain about things if you're not putting an effort to mm. see what you want to see you know what I mean like and it's been cool like I I've had so much fun in the last year and a half of like just doing the monthly party and like what a lot of people don't know is that like the creative directions for the party and like the flyers and stuff are actually a response to what's going on in the community really like Mm. without getting into too much detail like there are certain motifs and certain symbolisms and like certain creative directions that we've taken with like the flyers because maybe there was some beef that needed to be qualmed between other people you know you start putting in these like um sort of symbolic and subliminal messages that like people are like oh yeah yeah that's cool but it's like 
there's a deeper meaning behind it. I think mm. that's the coolest thing about like the parties is that it's a testament and it's um, an appreciation for the community. So is there ever like a decode event to where people like me, where I see y'all put the abstract flyers, I'm like, yo, they just in their art bag right now. Like, I need to be put on game if there's beef. Like, is there anywhere where I can look after the party be like, yo, they was beefing over there? (laughs) You know, and that's crazy. It's like now it's like it's like it's super tame. But I think like in the first like nine months, there are like some little subliminals and maybe Mm. I'll like get into detail sometime. But it's not anything bad. You know, it wasn't to any other like party groups or any other like it was just what we were seeing at the parties where it's kind of like, um. You know, it's like a cancer. When you see that cancer and you see it at the party, it's like they're like you were talking about like the there are people that you know are like can look and you can gauge where the party's at. There's like a certain time of like room and like I don't know what to say like social dynamic at a party that can mm-hmm. tell you they can really tell you a lot. Yeah. So like at the parties, you're talking about me turning up at Beauty Wire. I like hardly turn up because I, I think in the first like six eight months I was just like a fucking mad scientist just perched and <laughs> watching my petri dish of like turn up and being like okay you know because i remember dude shout out to oreo she's this uh, adorable badass dj from austin but she had come to one of the paradises she was like she told me she's like man i was on shrooms once and i went over to your parties and like it's like watching a movie you look at one little area and there's something going on here there's something going on there there's something going on there and like everyone's hot <laughs> Everyone's sexy and like young and like real like people you know like look so good and um but she was just like yeah like it's like a she's like it it was like a choose your own adventure kind of thing yeah um but yeah for a minute like i didn't really dance because i was just making sure that things were right um even like down to like um like getting in my server bag you know what i mean and like talking to people and being like hey like do you need this like let me get you some drinks let me get you some shots like you know, trying to trying to keep the party going, but um. So, do yeah. you find it difficult pitching your value to like? I've seen you take Paradise, I say on away games, like in different cities, <laughs> or you know, like Dallas is like home court, you know. Yeah. So you always had that support, like I'm gonna kill it regardless. This is fam, this is homies. I feel like you really find out what you're made of on an away game, you know, yeah. and y'all put on parties in L.A., New York. Miami, correct? Yeah. And yeah. I mean Austin. So like, do you find it difficult pitching your value and what you bring to some of these outside markets? I don't think it's difficult cuz I uh I genuinely can say this but without saying too much. Mm. I really sold some really good ideas to other markets and I've seen them take that idea and mm. run with it. Do, you know do we need I mean? to go like, collect on these markets? Well, you know, I, I mean, we can we can get activated, get the supreme <laughs> no. team out here. Um, do, I, do I find it hard to pitch my values? No. I, in fact, I should probably shut the fuck up a little bit more. Can I say that? Can I? Yeah, can yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. We, I should. I probably should, cause man, I'm I'm selling these dreams, mm. you know. And I'm sorry, and it's not even to sound cocky, but it's like sometimes I'll read, you know, the Houston Chronicle, and I see something in there that I literally quoted and told mm. that person. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, it's which I guess it's gonna happen. It's fine, but in terms of pitching my values, no, I don't find it difficult because I've always believed in what I believed in, and I think that's one thing that people, you know, they can't deny that fact. I feel like 
I don't know. I'm, I'm st- I feel like I'm still the same 15 year old, you know, mm. when I'm around you, when I'm around Will, when I'm around like just all like the homies from that area. I still feel like that same kid. The, of, the like, elders out the here. The elders. <laughs> the elders of Dallas, you know. Um, so, no, I believe in what I believe in and I respect what I respect. And I'm I'm glad it, it rubs off. So, like you were saying, you incorporate little things into your art piece your art direction like how important is it implementing like your culture into your work like do you feel obligated to put on for your city put on for your culture like yeah i do um so now in what i work in i work in web3 and like um metaverse the nft stuff and Mm. we'll, we'll get into that yeah but i work with a lot of people that are um in new zealand australia the uk and um they staunchly know me as like basically like they call me like the cowgirl because mm-hmm. I'm so serious about like representing Texas and more specifically Dallas. And like, I, yeah, like for a moment, they're like, man, you know, I have a friend, he's in Amsterdam and he was telling me, he's like, one thing about you is like, you're going to talk about Dallas. There's not <laughs> anyone that's like enthusiastic. You never hear people be enthusiastic about it. I'm like, yeah, dude, cause it's fucking cool. Yeah. Like everybody came down from, you know, New Zealand and everywhere, all around, like, our entire company. Like, people are just everywhere. And they all came down for South By um, earlier this year. And, yeah, like, they got a real taste of it. Because I was like, you know, we've all been working online and all this stuff. But I'm like, you're in Texas. You're in my home yeah. stomping ground. Like, let me show you guys. Like, this is, you know, And, this I mean, this could be biased, but, like, Texas is probably one of the better states in the entire nation. Um, I don't I'm. I've been to like LA and LA's dirty. It's dirty and filthy and fake, fraudulent, nasty. And then you got like Texas where it's like space. It's like women that are cool and nice and they wear grills and they could cook. And LA, there's no food out there. Me and my girl was out there about to perish, bro, eating vegan Korean barbecue. Man, we got back to Texas where it was a, such a superior state. We <laughs> kissed the ground. And, you know, and in New York, it was like mad cold and it was mad walking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You couldn't park. So, like, yeah, Texas is the. If my New Zealand people, y'all tapping in, you want to move, come move out here. You know, women have curves. Uh, you, you know, they cool. They, mm-hmm. they listen to more than one music brand. They can put you on something. You know, we got something for all your taste out here in the great state of Texas. All right. true. That was my no, tangent. It's true, man. I remember one time I was out in L.A. Um, and Taylor Crumpton was there, too. Shout out Taylor mm, Crumpton. She putting and it down. She does. Man, she's wonderful. She's a gift. And so we were out there and we were meeting up with someone to talk about like Dallas music history. And um, they're like, yeah, like meet me at this like smoothie spot. And we were like, it was lunchtime. We were hungry. We yeah. get there. And, like, it was just smoothies and, like, cold wraps in, like, the fridge. And I remember Taylor turned to me. She's like, I'm from the South. I need some bread. Straight up. I need some carbs. Straight up. Like, yeah. But, I mean, at least everyone's, you know, hot and skinny out in L.A. Nah, they want to be us. You know what I'm saying? only thing L.A. got is, like, they got cool gang culture. You know, that's that can be kind of <laughs> cool sometimes, you know, with, like, the dance moves and the colors. No disrespect to my gang members. You know what I'm saying? But y'all got that for sure. But everything else, you know, we got real big guns out here legally we can do. We got, like, pew, pew. we got horses, actual horses, you know. Yeah. Like, our culture is pretty cool, man. Uh, We're going to get back into my next question, though, because, uh, so... <laughs> 
10 years from now, maybe 20 years from now, Elon bought the whole planet, done wrecked the planet, aliens <laughs> took over, they kind of researching and trying to kind of get a grasp on what was going on before they got here. Yeah. What is Jesse's legacy? Like, if they stumble on Jesse's file, like, what will they find out about her? What will be her lasting legacy to the aliens where they were like, yo, we need to put a statue up of Jesse Supreme. She was holding it down. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow, that's such an amazing question. I've never <laughs> been asked that. Um, man, how would I? Wh- what's the question? Do I, what's my legacy? How do I want to be remembered? What would yeah, my like, statue look like? What's your, so you know when they talk about me, they be like, "Yo, he was a G." Mm-hmm. You know, he was rapping. He kept it true to himself. Like, yo, he didn't take no. He was. He stood amongst the voiceless you know what i'm saying like you know they speak real highly of me out here uh, to the aliens you know so uh, what would they say about you (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man i think they'd they'd probably look at like the the width of my eyes Mm. and they'd be like she was one of us So, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, because like. And then they would build a statue. Yeah, they'd build a statue. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) we're out here. You're out here navigating this. I guess is it predominantly male industry? Yeah, it always is. Okay. But this one especially, like tech is beyond. Mm. uh, It's so, you know what is so funny? Because everyone's tripping about like everyone at Twitter getting fired, like all like the nice, like nice, homely looking women getting Mm -hmm. fired. And then, like, the next picture of the new uh, Twitter group is, like, like Chinese and Indian dudes and, like, unkept white dudes on <laughs> HB1 visas, like, working in tech. And I'm, like, literally, I'm, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I know the future is female, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Twitter, that's how a tech company should look. That's mm. how it's a smaller team. These dudes haven't showered in three days. I know they're going to be buried in that code. They're going to be, they're dedicated. Um, but sorry, no, I went on a tangent. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I do work in a really male-dominated industry. I would really like to see more women in this because um, the industry that I'm in with, like, NFTs and all this, like, kind of, like, new budding art shit, to put it in perspective, people hear about, like, NFTs, I'm sorry, digital collectibles, mm. and they're like, oh, you know, this is... This is um, weird. It's like unsustainable, but all this shit. But they don't understand that the technology is going to eventually affect how we do live shows, how we do parties. Mm-hmm. And it's injecting that same kind of excitement that we had in 2009 to 2011, where the foundation of the people that like popped off five, eight years from that time, mm-hmm. like it's happening again in this mm. space. And it's, you know, they desperately need artists. They de- they need more women. Please God, um, and yeah. I mean, it's just it's exciting to kind of be at the forefront of something that um, people don't understand, and but knowing that they it's inevitable for them to understand it in about the next two to three. So, years. like, where do you fit in in this NFT meta world? Like, what are you doing to contribute and build this up? Um. So I originally was hired as a community manager, which is crazy that, but, you know, companies have now realized that there is an importance of having someone to sort of facilitate a community or at least like keep them um, together, identify key players, build that sort of ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. My thing is what I'm really doing now is I'm getting to meet a lot of really cool and spectacular people, but I think what I really want to do 
is understand this game so that I can introduce these concepts to the people that I know from our world that could benefit from this so that we're not left being just simply the consumers. Mm. We're a part of the ship that moves. Got you. You know what I mean? Um, so where would someone start in an NFT community? Like, where would I even find one? Come, come hang out with us at Drug Receipts <laughs> at discord.gg slash drug receipts. Um, because what Arlo is doing, so to give you a little bit of backstory, Arlo Eisenberg, who is my boss, who is now the um, the founder of the company drug receipts which is super dope like it started like i like the name it's cute right <laughs> um, but it's um he back in like the early 90s when rollerblading was like popping the fuck off when it was cooler than skateboarding oh for sure you know what i mean um the reason it was globally so accepted was because of him he mm. had this uh, brand called senate and it was mm-hmm. huge, huge, huge. Like, everybody wore it. It was like the... Th- I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. So that was him. Shout out. Shout hey. out. And so he- I couldn't afford it back then, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. My mom just wasn't buying none of that. Like, she, we probably could. My mom was just like, nah. So. Well, that was him. So he started that. They were like 24 years old. Like, Man, that's building crazy. a global, like, brand with, like, hoodies, you know, bags, shirt, everything. Um, and not only that, but you're also like a pioneer at why the sport is what it is mm-hmm. to be so popular and successful. And you're <laughs> from Dallas. That's crazy. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. So um, so he did that back in the early 90s. And then after that, um, you know, the the there was a paradigm shift. Tech bros love that word. That's how you know I'm in tech. I'm saying paradigm shift. Um, But there was a big shift and skateboarding became really mainstream. And so Arlo still went on to design clothing and be an art director at brands like Paul Frank, like the monkey brand. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one one other spot that I can't think of. Oh, like in the 2000, in like 2008, like Karma Loop kind of new wave streetwear era. He had a brand that was really successful out in California called Franco Shade that he did all the art direction for. So he's been in the game for a minute. And so what I'm trying to do and what we're trying to build is um, making clothing a digital collectible, but also NFTs are a way to, um, how do I say this? Like they're a way to scale culture and give it a value Mm. because a community sets the value of something they Mm -hmm. say it's the people that say oh this is valued at so and so amount of money and you know because they're willing to place it at that price or they value it at that price um the dude that founded StockX was really interesting he founded it i think it was back in like 2011 or 2012 but StockX is cool because it's like you can see like yeah. how sneakers are doing out of very like scale, like in a scalable way, like sort of like the stock market, mm-hmm. you know, um, and NFTs are, are essentially another way to do that, where you have a collection of art by an artist, um, you sell it at a certain price and in the secondary market, just like in shoes, people are like, I bought this at, you know, 50 bucks, but this community so fire, the art's so fire, man, I'm going to, you know, put it up. It's valued at 150. You know, and then um, so now you have this like token or this representative of something um, and people are like, yo, that's this is the price of that, you You know, instead of like having a cool idea or having like something 
um, like creating art and then like you can make cool shit, but then nobody like people will copy and paste it and make a shirt out of it or, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have a cool community that like I've seen artists like and this happens to everyone, you know, like there are at least a lot of people where it's like you can create all these followers on social media, but it's like if you're not like finding a way to and it sounds so bad but it's also <laughs> like this is how you make money to be an artist mm -hmm. is like having your market and again it doesn't need to be um a million people it can just be ten thousand two thousand five thousand people that believe in your work and if you can find something um to give them to provide them that gives them a value in this case it could be clothing you know mm -hmm. that's a good way to think about it um then you can rinse and repeat and sort of create like your own little ecosystem um and yeah make <laughs> make some money with your work so you sound like crazy? you're not nah, not crazy you're living in the future but you also sound like you're a busy person and my question i like to ask all of my friends is how do you find balance because you're a daughter you're a girlfriend slash first lady <laughs> you know you're like a cultural influencer for lack of better terms you're a marketer you know like how do you find balance to maintain being a human like how do you appease all these different hats that you wear i don't <laughs> i don't like that's why i go crazy that's why like i go like a little bit insane and and my boyfriend who god i, I love him dude because he's like he literally like my balance he'll be like hey like don't go nuts like stop go take a walk like you know like chill and your I'm boyfriend like, hey. definitely has a very calming presence about him <laughs> yeah for sure because i'm in, it's a good balance dude it's a good balance like uh, he's like the calm one and i'm for sure like the I'm about to, I'm about to, I don't know, it's two in the morning, I gotta, I gotta do this. Dude, I remember, like, the first day of Paradise, uh, and this is so funny, because I'm not Jewish, I didn't have a bar, a bat mitzvah. Yeah, don't you know give what me I one. Mean? So Paradise, I remember somebody on Twitter, the day after the very first party, they were like, um, damn, Jesse's bat mitzvah was lit. And I was like, what? You know, is that what it was like? But I remember, dude, I was so, and if you look at the pictures from the first party, my shoulders are so tense. Cause I didn't know that it was going to be like this. And I remember like after the party, we had gone home and I was like in bed and I was like, I was like, Oh my God. I, it was like four in the morning. I was like, Oh my God, I, I got to go. Right. I got to go do something. And he like literally holds me down. Like I'm like a crazy person. And he's like, no, you need to go to sleep. You need to go to sleep. You, you don't need her. And if I were at home alone, then just doing whatever I was going to do, I would have been up till six, seven in the morning mm. like a crazy person. Just, <laughs> dear diary, you wouldn't believe what happened today. <laughs> I almost threw up. Man, that's. that's but, um, but so, no, what does Jesse do to unplug? <laughs> like, I, okay, this sounds really bad. Okay, this sounds really bad. But, because <laughs> I get like anxiety going out sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, I get, it's different when it's like a paradise event, you know, and it's, and, but don't get me wrong, I do like to go out, like, I love what people are doing in the party circuit right now. Um, like, Meet Me Underground is super sick. Um, I think Debbie Does Disco is, like, a great group of people that mm -hmm. really take the DIY party scene to, like, the next level here. Um, what House of Freaks is doing is super sick. Um, 
yeah, there's like a lot of cool shit happening. So I try to like go out when I can, but like sometimes like, you know, I'm like, I get a little nervous <laughs> a little bit. And it's not even like, oh, it's like not even like, oh, I'm like famous. Or like, no, bro. Like you have to understand, like I'm going crazy at home. Like on the weekends, I have to like be attempt to mm-hmm. be a normal person. Yeah, that's why I started listening to like pop music like from girl groups like my chick will let you know that like i delved into fifth harmony real bad how's that who's your favorite member oh i mean it was camilla cabello because she couldn't dance as good as the rest of them <laughs> and then she went solo and they doubted my girl and then she's like nah i'm really out here i'm the star and then you know like normani we still pulling for you hopefully we get you some song songwriters and you can make some slaps the other ones, you know, y'all was cool. You know, there was one that looks like my girlfriend, so I kind of had an eye on her for a little of bit. Course, but, you know, she started kind of maneuvering real weird. She wasn't making slaps, so she got out of there. But, like, I did all that because, like, listening to rap music sometimes stresses me out because I can't listen yeah. to it as, like, a normal person. I'm listening to it like, damn, those bars. Like, like, how can I impress this guy when he said that? Like, or I listen to the technical stuff or the beat or like, how is this going to impact the culture? And how can I like all these non-fun things are happening while I'm listening to the music. So like pop music is so corny and fun. And like there's four or five girls at a construction site saying you can work from home. I'm like, sign me up. I want more of this. You know, so like that's kind of how I unplug. That's like a fun fact. I love like Spice Girls forever. You feel me? Like I was like Scary Spice all day. But, like, how do you, like, what's your, like, guilty pleasure, your unplug, like, your separation from the parties? Like, do you go play bingo somewhere? Like, <laughs> um, well, okay, well, real, before I get into that, I think, like, the best kind of musicians and the best artists are people that, like, almost don't listen to their genre and, like, are, like, like, the coolest artists will be, like, you know, they make this certain sound. But, like, you go into their archives and they have, like, some obscure shit from, like, the 1940s that they're, like, really about. And it's like, yeah, that's, you know, I think you get better at whatever you're trying to do by not being around that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, when I go out, like, it's, I kind of like to, I like to go to, like, well, I'll tell you my top spots. I really like Strange Ways because it's really chill on the weekends because everyone's turning up. But it's, like, kind of, like, more of, like, a beer spot. It's, like, real... It's, like, open. Um, so I like going there because it's, like, it just feels ducked off. And then if I want to be ratchet, <laughs> and I mean this in, like, the – I haven't said – no, not ratchet, not derogatory. But, like, <laughs> if I want to turn up and I want to go somewhere where I might black out in the last 15 minutes, mm. like, it's just, like, a thing. It's, like, a, oh. I go to Viuda. It's, like, right next door, La Vida Negra. It's so great. It's mm. a mezcal bar. I used to work and sell mezcal. So mm. I'm like right at home. I go in there and it's just like, oh, it's so fun. You but it's super small and like ducked off. I need to come visit this place. I mean, they shut my spot down. It was Zona Rosas. You know, my girls oh, in there was holding piece. it down. <laughs> I mean, oh, they used to have an hour special where you could get buy one dance, get the second dance half off. You know what I'm saying? My real G's know what it was like in Zona Rosas. We used to shut it down. You feel me? But uh, and then they shut it down and turned it into a polka house. We real sad out here, you know, because, you know, only tourists and kids go to ecstasy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if you want to party with teenagers, you go to ecstasy. But R.I.P. to Zona Rosas. We're we going to wrap up. Uh, oh, yeah. Jesse, 
tell me where do I find you in the metaverse again? <laughs> like, uh, pretend um, I'm a 16-year-old young Jesse. Okay. I'm listening to this cool podcast by 88 Killer, and like this girl sounds really cool and I want to be her but I need to connect where do I find her you can find her um oh my god Aww. that was really cute because I am a ma- <laughs> I'm having like a pseudo meta moment right now mm. where I'm thinking man well I remember yeah being 16 and like I found Everyone in your, I want to say your class. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm a part of. Hey, I embrace being elderly, okay? I embrace being an OG. So many cool people. Like, I've met so many rad people um, that I I literally felt that way. So, Um, But yeah, no, you can find me in the metaverse. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, um, at Jesse Supreme, JSSI Supreme. That's all on all socials. Mm. Um, If you want to really get into the metaverse shit, um, you can <laughs> holler at me at drug receipts, um, D R U G R E C E I P T S. Receipts is a hard one. Drug receipts on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Discord too. Discord.gg slash drug receipts. It's like a cool little chat room. Come meet some Kiwis and Australians and UK cats, and we'll get you onboarded. We'll get you your first uh, metaverse collectible <laughs> all right so i like to leave people with some words of wisdom my fellas out there in the relationship uh over the last week i've been put onto this new little scam that the women is running with you feel me i was watching tv and the women was all like oh you know i would get so turned on if like the kitchen was clean or the living room was clean i would free up so much of my time and energy and i would just be so horny and i'm gonna tell you fellas that is a lie that's what they telling you to like get you to train like a dog you be cleaning the kitchen and you be doing vacuuming and doing all type of domestic work and then you ready you know what i'm saying but like oh i got a shower oh i'm hungry i'm just tired and you like oh damn i just cleaned up you know so it's a scam my man clean the kitchen because you want to clean it don't be cleaning and thinking you're gonna get some because it don't work trust me i'm gonna get my old lady on here in a future episode we're gonna bring her to court for her having me running around the house like a trained (laughs) trained circus animal (laughs) cleaning and organizing books and blankets and sheets ain't getting none so my fellas stand strong out there don't clean up nothing when you get off work you feel me go to central market get you a rotisserie chicken they got like a tuscan rotisserie chicken it's like 8.99 the chef be back there really holding it down high five him or her get you a rotisserie chicken put on teen mom you know what i'm saying watch something you know you could kind of separate yourself from I highly recommend Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Shout out Kathy Hilton and my girls. You know what I'm saying? But you eat your chicken and you make her clean the kitchen. You feel me? Because you still ain't going to get none, especially if you're in a relationship longer than three years. It's pretty much over, fam. So, you know, we got to band together. Meet me on my Discord of WeFedUp at Discord.com. <laughs> I'm about to start that. You know what I'm saying? And... Shout out to the good people at Deep Ellum Radio. Uh, again, put my little tab on there and so people can find me. My mom's like, I want to hear you. Oh, I'm on there now. Oh, special shout out to Callie D. She's holding it down uh-huh. in here, too. She's doing all the not fun stuff for me. So when y'all see the cool graphics and the episode comes out on time, we all want to pay that. All respects to Callie D. 
she's in school right now increasing her brain size you know be, being a woman that's always learning so we want to love and cherish and appreciate her on wax you feel me up until then find me at 88killer.com hit me on the dm just don't ask me weird stuff on the dm man some of y'all's getting out of pocket uh some of y'all are aware that i still am a kardashian fan i don't need y'all to send me pictures of them every time they post a picture because believe me fam i'm on it you know what i'm saying but shout out to my baby because you said i talk about them too much so shout out to my girl go to her page at uh i ain't gonna put her page out but when y'all see her put a picture up go like it so my household can remain calm and peace you know what i'm saying Hopefully she show a little extra thigh on there. Uh, she hasn't posted since August. So what we gonna do? We gonna start a movement of post your leg on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, give us a little some. Yeah, you know I mean, I just bought her some skims. You know, they got a sale coming up this week. Get your girl something nice out there, and don't clean that kitchen. And until next time, keep it cool with killer.